Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Sometimes we are not so clear about the date that something happened in the Bible. And sometimes, well, <laughs> like today, we really know it well. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we consider life and work and, yeah, history in light of God's story. If you've been with us on the journey for any period of time, you'll remember that of late, we've been going back and forth between several books of the Old Testament where their narratives overlap, and this week is going to be particularly so. At this point in the story, Israel, uh, the Hebrew people, uh, have been divided as a kingdom for more than 200 years. The northern kingdom of Israel, which was the ten tribes, and the southern kingdom of Judah, which was two tribes, and that's where Jerusalem is. And today, in our Old Testament reading, we're back to Second Kings and the fall of the northern kingdom, which happened in 722 B.C., why is this important? Well, we'll get to that in our reflection segment today. Before we get there, though, a little more of our New Testament reading, which is where we start most of the time. Luke chapter 13, picking up in verse 21. Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Lord, someone asked him, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able to, once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door. Then you will stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open for us, and he'll answer you. I don't know you or where you're from. Then you'll say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I don't know you or where you're from. Get away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. They will come from east and west, north and south, to share in the banquet in the kingdom of God. And note this, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came and told him, Go, get out of here. Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go tell that fox, Look, I'm driving out demons and performing healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will complete my work. Yet it is necessary that I travel today, tomorrow, and the next day, because it is not possible for a prophet to perish outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is abandoned to you. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. One Sabbath he went in to eat at the house of one of the leading Pharisees 
and they were watching him closely. There in front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid. In response, Jesus asked the law experts and the Pharisees, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. He took the man, healed them, and sent him away. And to them he said, Which of you whose son or ox falls into a well will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? They could find no answer to these things. He told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they would choose the best places for themselves. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't sit in the place of honor because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. The one who invited you both may come up to you and say, give your place to this man. And then in humiliation, you will proceed to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when the one who invited you comes, he will say to you, friend, move up higher. You will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and sisters, or your relatives or your rich neighbors because they might invite you back and you'd be repaid. On the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor, maimed, lame, or blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Ah, That's probably not only the place to stop, but a good word for Thanksgiving week. Don't you think? Ah, I love how Jesus gets in our business. Well, hey, we're going to just turn back to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 17 today. And uh, I'll save my commentary on this for, um, for the end. But I will say this. Today like I have been doing sometime in the Old Testament. I'm going to read the little headers in the uh, in each section for the, I'm in the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. Your Bible has headers too. They're not part of the original text, but kind of give you a sense of the context. 2 Kings 17, Israel's King Hoshea. In the twelfth year of Judah's King Ahaz, Hoshea son of Elah became king over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned nine years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, but not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked him, and Hoshea became his vassal and paid him tribute. Remember that, my friends. We're going to come back to that. King Shalmaneser of Assyria attacked him, and Hoshea became his vassal and paid him tribute. But the king of Assyria caught Hoshea in a conspiracy. He had sent envoys to So, king of Egypt, and had not paid tribute to the king of Assyria as in previous years. Therefore the king of Assyria arrested him and put him in prison. The king of Assyria invaded the whole land, marched up to Samaria, and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria. He deported the Israelites to Assyria and settled them in Halah, along the Habor, Gozans River, and in the cities of the Medes why Israel fell. 
This disaster happened because the people of Israel sinned against the Lord their God who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and because they worshipped other gods. They lived according to the customs of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites and according to what the kings of Israel did. The Israelites secretly did things against the Lord their God that were not right. They built high places in all their towns from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. They burned incense there on all the high places, just like the nations that the Lord had driven out before them had done. They did evil things, angering the Lord. They served idols, although the Lord had told them, you must not do this. Still, the Lord warned Israel and Judah through every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commands and statutes according to the whole law I commanded your ancestors and sent to you through my servants the prophets. But they would not listen. Instead, they became obstinate, like their ancestors who did not believe the Lord their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenants he made with their ancestors and the warnings he had given them. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves, following the surrounding nations the Lord had commanded them not to imitate. They abandoned all the commands of the Lord their God. They made cast images for themselves, two calves and an Asherah pole. They bowed in worship to all the stars in the sky and served Baal. They sacrificed their sons and daughters in the fire and practiced divination and interpreted omens. They devoted themselves to do what was evil in the Lord's sight and angered him. And therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and he removed them from his presence. Only the tribe of Judah remained. Even Judah did not keep the commands of the Lord their God but lived according to the customs Israel had practiced. So the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel, punished them, and handed them over to plunderers until he had banished them from his presence. Summary of Israel's History When the Lord tore Israel from the house of David, Israel made Jeroboam son of Nebat king. Then Jeroboam led Israel away from following the Lord and caused them to commit grave sin. The Israelites persisted in all the sins that Jeroboam committed and did not turn away from them. Finally, the Lord removed Israel from his presence just as he had declared through all his servants the prophets. So Israel has been exiled to Assyria from their homeland to this very day. Foreign Refugees in Israel Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Kutha, Ava, Hamath, and Sepharvaim, and settled them in place of the Israelites in the cities of Samaria. The settlers took possession of Samaria and lived in its cities, and when they first lived there, they did not fear the Lord. So the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. And the settlers said to the king of Assyria, The nations that you have deported and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the requirements of the God of the land. Therefore he has sent lions among them that are killing them, because the people don't know the requirements of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria issued a command. Send back one of the priests you deported. Have him go and live there so he can teach the requirements of the God of the land. So one of the priests they had deported came and lived in Bethel, and he began to teach them how they should fear the Lord. But 
The people of each nation were still making their own gods in the cities where they lived and putting them in the shrines of the high places that the people of Samaria had made. The men of Babylon made Succoth Benoth, the men of Kuth made Nergal, the men of Hamath made Ashima, the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burned their children in the fire to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of Sepharvaim. They feared the Lord, but they also made from their ranks priests for the high places, who were working for them at the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, but... They also worshipped their own gods according to the practice of the nations from which they had been deported. They are still observing their former practices to this day. None of them fear the Lord or observe the statutes and ordinances, the law and commandments that the Lord had commanded the descendants of Jacob, whom he had given the name Israel. The Lord made a covenant with Jacob's descendants and commanded them, Do not fear other gods, do not bow and worship to them, do not serve them, do not sacrifice to them. Instead, fear the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm. You are to bow down to him. You are to sacrifice to him. You are to be careful always to observe the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandments he wrote to you. Do not fear other gods. Do not forget the covenant that I have made with you. Do not fear other gods, but fear the Lord your God, and he will rescue you from all of your enemies. However, These nations would not listen, but continued observing their former practices. They feared the Lord, but also served their idols. Still today, their children and grandchildren continue doing as their ancestors did. And that, my friends, is the end of 2 Kings 17. Ah, You know, even in the midst of that crazy... You see God's heart for all people. There was a chance for them to know God, right? And one of the things that gets repeated throughout the Old Testament is that, of course, the God who created the whole universe isn't the God of the land like regional demons that uh, were worshipped everywhere else. And that just made me think of what, what is the God of our land? Is it freedom? Is it sex? Is it money? Uh, Or is it all of the above? (laughs) And even, dare I say, when we say, oh, okay, we'll fear the Lord, but we don't want to give up our shrines in the high places and our sex and money and politics. and hmm. The good news is the good news. And today we're going to wrap up with a wisdom segment of Psalm 66. Praise for God's mighty acts. Superscription reads, for the choir director, a song, a psalm. Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Selah. Come and see the wonders of God. His acts for humanity are awe-inspiring. He turned the sea into dry land and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. 
The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Selah. Bless our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fattened sheep as burnt offerings with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice bulls with goats. Selah. Come and listen, all who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth, and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, the Lord God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. Psalm 66. All right, a little history lesson, and that's done if you want to turn me off. But I'm actually going to read you a short couple paragraphs from the Holman Bible Handbook, just because rather than taking the time to summarize it, it'll just help make some sense of where we're at in this point in history. So Hosea's pro-Assyrian policies saved Samaria for a period of time, but it was at the high cost of vassalage to Tiglath and his son Shalmaneser. Vassal means like, well, it's another version of like bondservant or slave, right? It's like, oh, you'll let me stay here, but I'm going to pay you. And, um, you know, we, we see that same kind of thing today. Hosea then tested Shalmaneser's strength and recruited the aid of the king of Egypt. And so Hosea was imprisoned and Samaria endured a three-year siege led by Shalmaneser and completed by his brother Sargon. And Samaria's destruction in 722 sounded the end of the northern state of Israel. While secular history gives political and military causes for a nation's demise, the inspired historian gave religious reasons for the fall of Samaria. The lengthy commentary on Israel's sins exonerated God, but also warned Judah not to imitate their northern kin. Israel sinned against the Lord and disregarded the warnings that the covenant uh, had of the covenant made with their fathers. They made golden calves of Jeroboam, erected the Asherah pole, committed human sacrifices, worshipped the stars, practiced sorcery. And the Lord removed from the land Israel because they sinned like the Canaanites whom the Lord had removed before them. Here's my final thought. Now, everybody may not agree with me on this, but here's my thought. The reminder for us is that Christianity is uniquely rooted in real history. But God is sovereign and holy. There are consequences for sin. And there is another well-documented historical event, the resurrection, which is the hope of you and me and the world. And honestly, without that, do you think we're any better at solving our problems through philosophy or politics or power? 
My friends, outside of the resurrection of Jesus, I don't have an answer for you. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.